it needs to be a book that really showcases your thought leadership platform. It's not just about producing any old book and slapping some blog posts together and calling it a day. It's about writing a book that actually will transmit your thought leadership platform into the minds and the daily actions of your reader. Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. So today I am sitting here with Bryna Haynes, and we're going to talk about writing books today. So I'd like to introduce Bryna, and here we go. Bryna Haynes is the founder of Author Evolution, and CEO of World Changers Media, a nationally book-known strategist, speaker, ghostwriter, and editor. She has helped hundreds of thought leaders, teachers, healers, and enlightened entrepreneurs deliver their messages and radically up-level their expert status, who have goosebumps, through their best-selling impact-driven book. Talk about clear, concise wording. (laughs) Can you tell she's a writer? (laughs) Now here's some titles that she claims, which I find are fascinating. (laughs) This includes Fairy Mama, Self-Reinvention Savant, Lego Castle Designer, Dragon Tamer, Luxury Travel Hacker, and Concierge of Kick-Ass Boots. (laughs) Welcome, Bryna Haynes. (laughs) It's so good to be here with you, Candy. Thank you. Oh, so we have so much to talk about. So if you're listening today, I'm with not only an excellent writer, but a personal friend of mine who's currently ghostwriting my book. So what I thought would be really interesting is to talk about book writing, the process, and to talk about how to hire an expert and what to look for when you're hiring an expert, because I think that's an important thing too. Here we go. Brian, the first question I have is how do business owners know when it's time to write their book? That is such a great question. And I think it's a little bit different for everyone. But for me, what I like to make sure of is that my clients have come to a point where their systems, ideas, processes, and platforms have been tested and have evolved through interaction with their clients and students. I used to, years ago, think that that wasn't necessary, that you you could create a system out of an idea and it would simply work, but experience has taught me that everything evolves when you put it into practice. It looks one way in your head, and it looks completely different when you put it out in the world. And you, you have to get to the point where you've interacted with your own material enough that you understand not only the concepts, but the outcomes, the energies, the pitfalls, and the successes. So I've actually come to the point where I really don't work with startup business owners anymore. There are plenty of people who do and will. But for me, I think it's more important to test the idea and and really come to a place where you have a better understanding of how your idea functions. Wow, that's really important. I 
honestly, I never thought about all of those things, even though I believe we've captured those, like everything that you said, I have everything that you said I've done, meaning test. And I have systems and thought leaderships or thought things or thought patterns that I've incorporated into my business. So the other reason I wanted to share this book writing experience is because I think what's really important is when, once you make a determination that you need a book, like for instance, for me, somebody said to me, what's preventing her, my girlfriend from getting on stages is she didn't have a book. So she was invited to like really big stages, but she couldn't get to that next level without a book, meaning she needed to become an expert. And so do you think that like these systems and this evolution and these practices that show up in the book, is that what gives you credibility is that people can read it or talk about that for us, please? <laughs> this is where I differ from a lot of people in my industry, because a lot of people in my industry, meaning the fee for service publishing industry is that they'll say the fact that you have a book makes you an expert because most people can't be bothered to take the time or make the investment to write a book. So the fact that you've done that is a step up for you. Woohoo, I'm celebrating. I, I, I agree with that, but only to a point. Uh-oh. I think, oh, no, 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 it's not an uh-oh. It's that yes to all of those things. And it needs to be a good book. It needs to be a book that really showcases your thought leadership platform. And that sort of level of quality is a differentiating factor in the marketplace. And so it's not just about producing any old book and slapping some blog posts together and calling it a day. It's about writing a book that actually will transmit your thought leadership platform into the minds and the daily actions of your reader. And of course, here I'm talking about nonfiction. I'm talking in particular about transformational nonfiction, meaning this is a book that you want to somehow teach someone something, change their life in some way, change their mind in some way, right? And so, yes, it is very important to have a book when you're moving into higher arenas of speaking and teaching. But more than that, it's a way to actually take the energy of your platform and what you've created and actually be able to disperse it to a wider group of people. Ooh. So when you've read a really good book, do you feel like you know the author? You yeah. feel like you have a connection to that person. Oh, yeah. You feel like you, you have an understanding of who they are, why they do what they do and why what they do is important. And that to me is the role of a book more than simply, you know, having it. It's that if you can create a book that will do those things for you, then when you go to apply for a speaking gig, for example, and the person has actually read your book, they know exactly what you're about. They know exactly where your ideas are leading. They know exactly what's important to you and whether that's a good fit for their audience. So Absolutely. Books are, are vitally important in that regard, but it is essential to make sure that all of the right ingredients are there so that when you give someone your book, it's not just like, here, I have this thing. It's like, it's here's this gift of my, my heart. This is the gift of my knowledge. And I want to give it to you 
and see if it resonates. Gift of my heart. Did you guys hear that? Like I have full on chills. I never thought about that, but it really is. It's totally a labor of love. And then you really do kind of channel our heart into the book. So thank you for that. I, some of the things that she just said, I actually have been taking notes. I hope you have been too, because I love the fact that she was talking about why the book is important is because you can reach a bigger platform of people. If you're going to speak, they already know you and they know if it's a good fit and they know your system already. So they're able to pull or pull out questions, et cetera, or support the audience with some of the things or the gifts that we have in our books. Wow. Absolutely. And I think that's true for, for any area that you're using your book to expand your business, whether that is, you know, finding new clients and students, they already know after investing just, you know, $16.95 in your book, whether or not there's a resonance there. And it creates that like, know, and trust. If you're looking for JV partnerships, right? It's a very easy way to say, here's how I think, here's how I work. Does this fit? And it's, you know, all of the things that you want to do in your expansion can be supported by a book. And I also, the funny thing is, and when I say the book is like a gift of your heart and a gift of your knowledge, it's also important to realize that the way that most people create success with their books is not actually through book sales. I think that's a really important thing to know for authors going in is that if you are, if you're lucky, you'll make some money on your book, but otherwise it's an investment into the expansion of all the other multiple areas of your business, you know, like selling books at 1695, you'd have to sell, you know, a few thousand to probably make up the cost of producing the book, but it only takes one high level speaking gig. There are plenty of examples out there about authors who have monetized their books and, you know, their, the number of copies sold might not look impressive on paper, but it's expanded their business into the millions of dollars. So when you say the book is a gift of your heart, you know, it's really understanding that it's not a purely transactional thing, right? It's that this is an investment into your belief in your business and in your thought leadership and also a way to gift your knowledge to everyone who reads it and then strategically leverage that for other opportunities. Taking notes here. I'm taking notes. I hope you guys are too. So strategically leveraging ourselves. So I love all of this. We're going to talk more about the books, et cetera, but here's some questions that if you've started to look at what to do with your book, or you have an idea for a book, one of the first things I thought about is self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Can you differentiate the two, talk about what you do and what we should be learning or looking at? Well, I always tell my clients there is no right or wrong path for publishing. And there's actually kind of a middle part that's missing in there. So self-publishing I define as literally doing it yourself, which you can. You can go to Amazon KDP or Ingram Spark or any number of self-publishing services, take your manuscript, upload it, create a cover, and you have a book and you can do it mostly for free. There's also the traditional publishing path, 
which is finding an agent, submitting proposals, getting a traditional book deal. That path is absolutely still viable, especially for people who are really moving into the public eye, but it's becoming less and less attainable for up and coming authors and thought leaders. You know, the, the size of the platform that most traditional publishers require to even consider an author is, you know, in the tens of thousands. So, you know, if you don't have 50,000 people on your Twitter and, you know, 75,000 followers on Facebook, it's kind of like, oh, well, you won't sell enough books to make this worth it for us. That's not always the case. And I have had clients who have received traditional publishing deals with smaller platforms in very specific niches. However, for most people, it's not a given. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's finding the right people. It can be very time consuming. And then also once you actually find your publishing deal, it can take up to two years to actually have a book in your hand. It depends on the publisher's schedule and their internal mechanisms. Again, this is not to say that this is not absolutely the right path for some people and for many of my clients, but there, you know, there are pluses and minuses for sure. And then there's the middle road which is where I stand with World Changers Media and where so many of my amazing colleagues stand as hybrid publishers or boutique publishers or fee-for-service publishers. And I can't speak for anybody else, but what I aim to do in my company is to provide the same level of quality that we see from traditional publishers in a fee-for-service model. So all of my editing and design is done to Chicago Manual of Style Standards. It's all um, based on, you know, how do we match anything that the big five publishers are putting out? So I have in-house editors, we have proofreaders, we have design staff, we have everybody to, to bring the book to life in a way that is consistently high quality. And our authors also keep 100% of their royalties. So it's the, the benefit of the self-publishing model where authors keep all the proceeds from the books they sell. And again, I aim to match all of the quality of the traditional publishing model. And so the difference is that the author's making an investment up front. Oh, that's beautiful. I hope that's helpful to all of you because that was a big question that sat with me and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like which way to go. So thank you for helping us with that. Okay, oh, here we also, go. I, go can ahead. I add something quickly? Of I course. just I want to add that your choice of publishing path is really going to depend on your goals for the book. So if you just simply have a story about your life or your healing or something else that you really want to share and just get out there to help people, but you don't have the intention of leveraging it into a business model or, you know, going for speaking engagements, in that case, a, a pure self-publishing model might be perfect for you. If New York Times bestseller and international speaking, you know, career is next on your list in your business, hell yeah, you need a traditional publishing model because <laughs> there's no, no, New York Times will not look at any books that are not traditionally published. It's an editorial list, not a simple sales list. For anybody who's looking to have a book that's consistent with their branding, to get their book done on a certain timeline, to be able to have full control over the contents of their book 
and really create the book in line with their goals for their business and their next level of thought leadership, then I think the middle road of um, hybrid or boutique publishing is absolutely the way to go. You're not giving up control, but you're also not sacrificing quality. So I think being aware of your goals for your book is absolutely key in choosing the publishing path as well. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Your pet peeve, my love. (laughs) Candy knows me very well. And (laughs) she knows that if she lets me, I'll go off the handle here. So I'm going to try to keep this really concise. I told her, her, Bryna, I'd like to ask you this question. You don't have to answer it now. But I like one time she talked about like definitive pronouns, which I'm not even sure that that's a word. And I was like, she was like, double definitive pronouns. I don't know what it was. And I was like, I have just for the record, I have no memory of that conversation, but okay. Um, <laughs> it was, and you were like, saw it on the first page, click the book, book was done for me. So she, <laughs> oh yes, yes. So talk to us about pet peeves. Cause it oh is- my goodness. Yes. I'll, I'll pick one. That is actually something that's happening in my industry. And it's actually a big part of what brought me back to books after I took a hiatus from the book world from 2018 to 2020. And that is the lack of quality control in the hybrid and boutique publishing industry. There are some people who do an absolutely amazing job of making their books as good as possible for their authors. And there are other people who will simply publish whatever an author sends in. And that's fine because obviously authors are doing their absolute best with their knowledge, with their skill set. But books are a very particular animal, and writing and speaking are not the same. Mm-mm. And so, what I see is a reluctance on the part of fee for service publishers to, to actually inform authors when their work needs to be edited or improved in order to actually be the best representation of them and their business. Editing has become optional in the hybrid publishing world. And that is such a pet peeve for me. First of all, as a 15 year editor and ghostwriter, but also because I love my clients and I love big ideas. And over the years, I've seen so many big ideas undermined because the books were not elevated to the quality standard that actually would have supported the ideas. And so this to me is, it's one of the very few pitfalls of the evolution of self and hybrid publishing, because traditional publishers always kind of stood as gatekeepers to this realm of ideas and publishing. And that is Not okay, because nobody should have to have their art vetted by a marketer in order to publish it, right? Right. However, however, the quality standards that are inherent to the traditional publishing model, which is editing and proofreading and, you know, and and really going through the manuscript of the fine tooth comb to make sure that everything actually lines up, that has in many cases, not all. But in many cases has gone out the window in the self and hybrid publishing world. It's just like, get your book done, get it out there. I'm the opposite. I really spend a lot of time with my clients bringing their books to the level where all of their ideas are expressed 
with the utmost clarity that is possible while still retaining their voice and their energy and their message. And, um, and my pet peeve is that not all great ideas are being supported that way in my industry. So my advice for anybody who's looking into a boutique or hybrid publishing model is get some samples of the publisher's books, you know, get to know the editor that you'll be working with. If they don't offer you an editor, hire one yourself and just really make sure that you, you have all hands on deck to bring your book to its fullest expression. Mm, that sounds like a really good suggestion. And I actually enjoyed your pet peeve because I, I think that that's really important. If you're going to put a thought idea, it should be something that people number one will enjoy and understand. And if there's typos and grammatical errors and thoughts that didn't come quite through, then it's not going to represent itself well. And what I find too, is that people readers, especially, you know, diehard book lovers, are not as willing to skim over those kinds of mistakes in a book as they are on a website or in a course or in literally any other format because they're committing five to 15 or more hours of their life to your book. And if it's not going to, if it's, it's going to be, if they're going to be constantly distracted by errors or if even if the interior layout is not set up for optimal reading, it's going to impact their experience and therefore their association with your material. So it's, it's more important than most people think. Oh, thank you for all of that. It's very important. Thank you. How many books to date have you, I don't know if it's called edited, published, or. <laughs> that is such a good question. The answer is I've lost count. Um, <laughs> I've, I've worked, so for from 2010 to 2018, I was the uh, chief editor for Inspired Living Publishing, which is a boutique publisher under Linda Joy. Some of you listeners might know her. That was a wonderful experience. I worked with many authors, both in a collaborative book model and in an individual book model. I've also been taking private clients for books since 2006. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, definitely over 60, maybe as many as 80 individual books and many more individual authors because of those collaborative models. So yeah, I, I would have to actually go back and figure that out, Candy. That's a good question. Well, I remember one time in one of your offices, I just remember a bookshelf and they were all the books that you had helped to publish. And there was a bookshelf. So I know. So just to give you guys a visual, she had a bookshelf behind her at one point and it was full and they were her books. So that she, she helped to edit, write, publish in one way or another. Is that true? It is true. It is true. <laughs> like I said, now, now you've inspired me. I'm going to go back and, and actually count the books on my bookshelves. Well, I know I was impressed when I saw them. I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of writing because I'm not, I'm not a, here I am writing a book, but I'm not the best writer. So I want to transition this into the example of the writing experience that I've had with you, because I'd like to be a type of testimonial, though I don't think that she needs it with as many people as that she's been able to influence. But I want to talk a little bit about what the experience has been like for me, because some of you might be wondering, what is a ghostwriter? Like, how did your process go about? And so would you mind if we talked a little bit about that? Absolutely. I'd love to. 
So the first thing is I want to talk about the first time I met Bryna. So right then and there, I met Bryna about several years ago, at least maybe six at Jeannie's event. Her very first event, you had boots on, which she didn't have the type of boots that she now wears. She wears the Italian leather boots. Back then she was wearing a different type of boot. She was in a different phase of her life. And I went to approach her. I had this book on my heart and she was announced as like a publisher or book writer. And so I went right up to her and I never expected what she was about to say. It was literally militant. So Bryna is this very beautiful, elegant, like you, you guys are, you know, it's, it's a podcast, so you're not seeing Bryna, but you'll see a picture of her. She's just absolutely gorgeous. And, and there's a lot of feminine beauty. Well, when I asked about the book, man, to talk about a dragon slayer, she just went there. Like, she was like, this is what you need to do. This is, this is, you know, she really gave me some great insights, but all of a sudden I realized writing a book was a lot more in that moment than I ever, ever, ever expected. And I remember thinking, wow, this is going to be more than, you know, I expected. So this book that lived in my heart that day, just got a gentle pause. And it wasn't because of our conversation. It was because I knew I had more work to do. One of the things that Bryna was talking about was like the platform, our platform and showcasing our gifts, our talents, our systems. And so that's what she's been helping me to do. So the very first thing that I did is I actually created a course and then through the creation of the course, I transcribed at rev.com all of the written versions of my course so that I had some written language as well as a course because I can't write. And when I say I can't write, I have a learning challenge. So for me to write is literally painful. And at very best, you're going to get not the greatest writing. <laughs> so when I talked to Brian up, I didn't know how we were going to do this process. I was quite overwhelmed and Bryna seamlessly, seamlessly sat down with me chapter by chapter. And we wrote chapter by chapter one hour at a time. And, you know, 10 hours later, I have eight chapters. Now that's the time that Bryna and I met together. That is not the time that Bryna put all of these thoughts and videos and our content that we talked about she wove them together. This is what I want to say about Bryna right now. What she does is like literal magic. It's almost like she has a golden thread, like a golden needle and a golden thread. And she takes these concepts and these ideas and she weaves them into a story that has the system in it, the content in it. And I still, when I read the chapter, it's my voice. It's my thought but it's a blanket that is now put together. So I almost feel like this was a patchwork quilt and that Bryna is an expert weaver or creator of the patchwork quilt. And she put it together so eloquently. So on my end, as a participant in writing this book, it has really been seamless. The other thing I want to quickly say about Bryna is she keeps you in militant order meaning she, we don't go down fluffy roads and she gives her opinion every step of the way. Now, I don't know about all of you, but when I'm with an expert and I haven't written a book, 
what I do is I lean into their expertise. This is my first time. She's done possibly 80 books. So I listen to her expertise level about, no, that's too much of a memoir or let's get some more of the system in there. And she knows what to put in a book. And this has just been an invaluable process. So first, I just want to thank you for taking the piece of my heart that was sitting there for 25 years. And we have eight chapters right now. We're almost done. So the first thing I wanted to do is thank, thank Bryna for that. Oh, Candy, thank you. It's, it's really has been a seamless process. And I, I want everybody to know that I am so grateful for the level of trust that you've placed in me through this process. I mean, it is really a big leap of faith to take your material, your expertise, your life stories, all of the components that we've woven into this book and literally hand it over for someone to shape. You know, that is, it is really a, a big, big trust exercise. And I'm really grateful that we've been able to do this together and that you're so happy with the results. One of the things that I love about ghostwriting, and I don't take as many ghostwriting projects now as I, as I used to, but it's been, it, it's the coolest thing because I hear you in my head <laughs> when, I, when I'm writing and it helps that I know you so well, but, but I literally hear candy in my head. And this happens quite frequently with many of my ghostwriting clients. And it's, it really is, even though I'm the one typing the words, I never consider it to be my book. It's always your book. It always has been your book. And many of my authors, you are definitely not the only person that I work with or have worked with who feels more comfortable speaking than writing. You know, we all learn and process differently. One of the things that makes you such an amazing, amazing stage presence is that you do speak better than you write. And I think that actually probably could be said for many people who are accomplished speakers. It's your preferred method of communication. Yeah. And it's not a challenge as long as we craft the process correctly. It's just been, it's just been so much fun to hear some stories from you that I haven't heard before and be able to kind of figure out where they all fit together and, um, and, and really create something that is, uh, again, that gift of your heart, but that is tailored to serve your ideal audience. Yes. Right now, what we're doing is uh, we're sharing back and forth. We're sharing documents. So in order for me to make some just gentle suggestions. There wasn't really any big rewrites, but if I wanted to change a word that just didn't feel like it was vibrating the way I wanted it to, it might've been one word, but anyways, I, I put everything in Google docs and one of my staff members was going through the, the Google docs and she saw the book and I had invited all of them if they had time to read the book. And so she said, Candy, I just read the first two chapters and oh my God, is that good? And this particular staff member is not one to overrate things or like if something's good, she might say it's good. Uh, if something's bad, she'll go there. But to actually say, this is really good. I knew like it was, there was truth to that. So I, it was the first time I thought, oh my God, I have a book and it's really good. Even though I like it, 
you know, it's my book. So of course I should like it. The way that Bryna has woven the words into this gold thread, it's just amazing how the thoughts come out from a story. It's, it's just, I think it's her absolute expertise in this world. And I just feel enormously grateful that I was able to hire her as my ghostwriter and to get this project going because it was a, a big, big, long process to get to this moment. So thank you so much. And again, I'm thrilled to be able to do this with you and I can't wait till September when, <laughs> uh, when everybody in the world who wants to get their hands on this book will be able to. Yeah. So September 16th is our launch. And right now we're in the middle of designing the cover. We're on chapter eight. She just sent me a copy of it this week. So that's where we're at with the book process. I also wanted to say a couple other things about Bryna that I think is important. You know, my whole business, this podcast is called the intuitive business podcast. My business is about you know, utilizing the Akashic records and intuition. I want to talk a little bit about intuition here, Bryna, because when I get these chapters back, you know, I'm a channeler and I can feel the energy of channel. And I know that might sound weird, but there's a feeling that you get when you either hear something that's genuinely channeled and you're a channeler, or even if you're not, you just know it's real somehow. And somehow when I read my book, I feel like you're channeling. It's entirely possible, but I'd like to talk about a different channeling and tell, if it's okay, tell the story about how you actually were part of the catalyst for this entire business that I've got right now. Can Aww. I tell that story? Thank you. <laughs> Go for it. So, you know, probably in the day, in a day in the life of Candy Haza, it probably was like just another day with just another crazy client falling apart on Zoom, which was me on October 30th, 2020. And I had just come off a really challenging year. You know, as we all know, 2020 was the year where events went to die. And my whole year had been planned around events and retreats. And uh, I had to completely re-envision my business model. And so I had gone, I had had, everything kind of fell apart in the spring when, you know, when the pandemic was really, uh, really just, becoming entrenched and we were all in lockdown. And so I spent the summer in this kind of like, I'm going to call it a teenage funk <laughs> where I'm like, ugh, life is so hard. I don't know what I want to do. Uh, 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 right. And of course I still had clients that I was serving and I still had things that I was doing, but it felt very much like a pause. And I remember getting on zoom with you. You were so generous. You gifted me a session and I got on Zoom with you on October 30th. I'll never forget this. And you were like, honey, don't kill the messenger. But all I see around you is books. And, <laughs> and I had a complete temper tantrum because, and it's not because I don't love books, because I do. And it's not because I wasn't thinking about heading back into the book world for my hiatus, because I was. But what I felt was it was almost like the universe was asking me to return to a previous version of myself that I thought I had left behind. And so you were so kind and loving and just, you know, as a friend, but also as a healer and channeler, you were so kind to me in that space and just really helped me through my like utter tantrum. 
in that in that time that we had together you got you really got me to a place where I could be like all right let me at least think about this right and if you've ever had the experience of being asked to reintegrate a part of yourself that you thought you were done with you could probably relate to where I was. It's like, no, I don't want to go back to being that version of me. And I was, I was doing different things. And I, now I'm being called to step back into this space, but I have to do it differently because I've, I've grown, I've evolved, I've become a different version of me. And it was within three days after that reading I really went deep into meditation. I was asking the universe like, okay, I really don't want to go back to the version of me that was working in the book world before. I was treating it more as a freelance kind of operation. I wasn't able to scale it or have the impact at the level that I wanted to have. And I didn't want to go back to doing it that way. And so I was like, okay, how can I do this differently? And literally the the business model for world changers media downloaded into my head and i launched about two weeks after that simply by calling people and being like hey here's what i'm doing i really didn't post much on social media i think i sent one email sequence and it was like the universe just lined up with this incredibly fulfilling magical business model where i really truly get to work with thought leaders and help them elevate their ideas. And, you know, the people that I work with, yourself included, Candy, these are people who are, are actually out there changing the world. They are doing big things. They are touching hundreds, thousands, some, some of them even millions of lives. And, you know, we're working together to actually take pieces of their brilliance and bring them out through books. And it's very different than the way that I was working before. Not that I wasn't working with amazing and brilliant people because I was, but my attitude about it was more as like a freelancer or as a, I was backstage with it and I wasn't really part of it. it my attitude was different. And, um, and it was, it was so cool to be in the midst of this unfolding and only have the what and the why and have no bloody idea about the how and have it all come together this way. But I truly believe that if I hadn't shown up and cried my heart out with you on, on October 30th, 2020, that none of this would be happening. And so I really wanted people to hear that story because it's, I mean, I want to give a testimonial to your work and how it's these turning points, these pivot, pivotal moments in our lives that allow us to continue to be the change we want to be in the world. Ooh. And we have to show up for them, even when they suck, even when they're uncomfortable. And most especially when we can't do it without help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have goose. I have full on goosebumps. It's so true. I I'm just gonna. You guys can't see me on the podcast, but I'm literally like bowing to Candy right now. Like, thank you for what you do, and I'm so grateful that I could do what I do to help you do more of that work in the world. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. It really means a lot to me, and I do want to say that I remember that October 30th because. 
like I said, Brian is a very strong personality. Like I love that about her. It's one of my absolute favorite things is that if I want to know the truth about something, Bryna Haynes is one of the women I go to. And so when I was telling her the truth of what the records were saying, cause it is a space of truth, meaning I can't lie. I can't say that I see something that's not there just to, you know, to pacify somebody's wants or needs. That's not my role. And so there's been many a days that I have this sweat bead that rolls down my back that nobody can see. And it happened with the very first client that I ever had who used to fight with her record keepers, literally. And I was the messenger. So I kind of got used to this and she trained me, this person, it's not Bryna. And it was the best training I ever had because I realized how to honor the truth, even if it's not what people want to hear. And I've had clients literally stop working with me because I told them the truth. And instead, what Bryna did is she did exactly what's in my book. She created a new identity for herself. The old identity was this book writer that had different wants and different needs. And what she did is she reestablished her values in essence. I mean, I didn't lead her through this process. This came naturally to her, but she looked at what do I want next? And then she reformulated it and then she stepped into it. Brian, the one thing you didn't share with us, and I don't know if you feel comfortable, but I do remember a couple text messages like, oh my God. And I got another one. There was a huge amount of money that <laughs> was submitted to you and given in a very short amount of time after she said yes to what she really was meant to be doing right now in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And I have shared this publicly because I, uh, I shared it because I was also in, in addition to working with you, I was also working with a high level sales coach who has since become a book client, by the way, um, his book's coming out in October. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had to, I had to share this in a testimonial with him because the money piece had always been really challenging for me, as I think it is for many conscious and spiritual entrepreneurs. But we constantly, as people who are impact driven and mission driven, we always mix up service and servitude, not the same thing. And so between working with him and also getting these messages so clearly through you, Candy, I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this differently and I'm going to own my value in this space and actually charge according to what I know I can create for people. And the results were just absolutely incredible. An amazing group of people invested in their books. Within six weeks, I had $300,000 in contracts. <laughs> I'm laughing because see, here's the thing. When we're resistant about who we really are, like for example, me, the misintuitive who didn't want to be intuitive and share that for 27 years. But the minute we step into who we're meant to be, it's like, woo, windows of opportunity. So James Cameron says that the universe is like a universal bank vault with clicking pieces that are constantly moving. And as these, I'm using my hands right now, as these pieces move together, now I'm showing alignment like a platform. 
this window of opportunity happens and opens. And once you step into that window of opportunity, you might have a very short time to do this. Like for example, now that the pandemic's over, people might not be as big into writing their books in mass quantity like they did. You're always going to have clients, but having all of those clients come in so quickly was a window of opportunity. And that created not only her business, not only giving a voice to, to all of the people that had these books sitting on their hearts for me for 25 years, but she also was able to provide for her family and to have a goal of a different lifestyle with a, accumulating over a half of a million dollars in six weeks. So think about that. Well, it was, it was 300,000 in, in six weeks. So not, not quite half a million dollars, but I'm sorry, I meant a quarter million. So, but it's over a quarter million dollars in six weeks. It's just without even like doing launches and all the stuff that we're taught to do. It's amazing to me when your energy is aligned. It was, it was really, it really was incredible. And, you know, it's, it, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done to come to the point where I could actually let go enough to receive that alignment. It was really, it was really a challenge because as most type A people, I love to know what's coming next. I want to feel prepared for everything. I constantly run scenarios in my head. I always have options. I always know, you know, all right, this is the next step and the next step and the next step. And because I had come to a place where I felt so like I was out of options, like the things that I thought I was doing were not working. My, my business model had completely crumbled and I really wasn't sure that I wanted to rebuild the business I had had from 2018 to 2020. I just did something about it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to transition to virtual. It didn't, you know, I could have brought all my events to virtual. It just didn't feel right. And so I was sitting in this place where I had to kind of dance with that, that frustration and that despair and actually ask questions like, why am I here? Why am I even in this life? What's the point? And asked in my, in my typical way from my younger life, that would have led me straight into a dark pit of depression and anxiety and really struggling with daily function. And I have been there before and I know how awful that is. But when I asked those questions with a genuine curiosity, I started to get actual information, which was cool, right? <laughs> like, why am I here? I'm here to help serve, perpetuate, and grow the ideas that are going to form the foundation of the actions that are going to literally save our planet. Mm. And that's a really good thing to know because that's something that can actually get your ass out of bed in the morning, right? <laughs> like that's something yes, that you can right. hang on to. <laughs> yeah. um, and as I, you know, and as I started to think about, okay, so how can I be in service to ideas? I started to look back and I realized that I've always been in service to ideas, whether I was a coach or as a speaker or as a, as a retreat leader or as a freelancer in the book world, or, you know, in any other capacity, it's always been about ideas. Nothing was different now, except who I had decided to be in it. Ooh. And 
it was just, it was the coolest thing, but I had to completely let go of the how I was like, all right, universe, give me a sign. You know, finally, after my tantrum died down three days after talking to you, it was three dark, <laughs> three dark days. I finally just surrendered and said, okay, show me the way. And I got five requests for book work in one day. One day, five. And one day. And I was like, oh, I give up. Okay, we're going there. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I had accepted that this was really what I was meant to be doing, I could create a plan to have all the things I wanted within it. But it was like, as long as I was fighting where I was supposed to be, it was so difficult to actually create the things that I wanted for me in my life because I wasn't aligned with all the things that the universe wanted to give me. Well, I'll tell you what, the universe had a lot in store for her and it delivered when she said yes to herself. One of the other things I want to share with them before we head out is Bryna was also able to have a pretty incredible life during the pandemic. She lived in two locations. She had a home in Rhode Island and then she was in Florida. And can you tell us like what your husband does? Cause I think it's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am married to a gondolier as in Venetian style gondolas. Matthew, his name while at work is Marcello, but he's Marcello. Um, He likes to joke that he's only, yeah, he's only Italian at work, he says, but, uh, but he learned to row gondolas from a master and he's been rowing for over 20 years. It was his, it was his summer job in college and he's had his own gondola company since, oh gosh, 2009, I think, or 2008, he bought the company. And it's really a mainstay in Providence, Rhode Island, where he's located. He's one of the top tourist attractions in the state, actually, at this point. The winter of 2020 was our first year down in Naples, Florida, because he decided to open a second location. So we moved ourselves and our our young children down to Naples. And lo and behold, we get struck by the pandemic. So it was actually wonderful because for almost half the time that we were there, he was just home with the kids and I, and um, it was amazing family time. And then uh, we came back to Rhode Island for the summer and we went back down to Florida for the winter, which was better for business, but not so much for family time. <laughs> and we ha- we're having a, we're having a great time. It's really, there are so many ways to manifest being in multiple locations and, you know, and doing the travel that we love without having to be, you know, multi-millionaires, right? Like it's, it's all possible. It's just finding, finding these cool ways to do it. So. You know, by the way, everybody, uh, the husband is not the only talented singer in the family. Is there any way that you would consider just singing a little lovely piece for us today? Oh, Candy, you totally did not tell me that you were going to ask that. I didn't. Um, (laughs) I I just realized it. (sighs) Let's see. I'm blanking. What do you want me to sing? Um, if there's something I, I love, if there's something that's Italian that would like support the husband's business, if not, um... <laughs> oh, I don't sing in Italian. That's not my strong point. No, don't do that. <laughs> when I was singing a lot previously, I was, I was actually leading Kirtan and sacred music for yoga for many years. 
So the first thing that came to mind to sing is actually a, a guru prayer. This melody was originally recorded by Krishna Das on one of his earlier, album, earlier albums, but it's one that I love to sing. I used to sing it to my yoga classes all the time. It's just, it's such a, a beautiful, simple little melody. And it, all it means is I am, I am at the feet of the universe. I am the, at the feet of the guru. And uh, it's just, a, to me, it's a reminder to just always remember that the universe is working in our favor and that we don't always have to be the ones in charge. I love that. <laughs> All right, let me actually sit up straight. Here we go. <laughs> Shri Guru Charna. Shri voice of an angel. There you have it. Bryna Haynes, ghostwriter, singer, dragon slayer, <laughs> and Lego castle builder all in one. Thank you. I have goosebumps everywhere. So I, it's such a gift. You're such a gift head to toe inside and out. And that's right how much I love you. you. <laughs> I love you so much too. <sighs> Thank you so much. And, uh, Oh, I just, I'm just so excited for everything that we're creating together and everything that you're creating for the world. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on the woo journey. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, is there a way somebody can get in contact with you before we go? We should give them some information about. Yeah, sure. You. <laughs> you have a gift, something. I totally forgot all about that. Yeah. So I can be found very easily at worldchangers.media. And that's my website for all things book creation related. And if you are in a place where it feels right to write your world-changing book with whatever level of support you require, you can just grab a quick 20-minute phone call with me using the link right on that homepage. Okay. And that will be in the show notes. So you'll have it. So if you have a book that's sitting in your heart, Bryna is the person to help you to get it back into the world. So thank you, Bryna Haynes. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. 
For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.